This is the Mark Stucheski Podcast. Laura Gale is a ghostwriter who specializes in helping entrepreneurs sharing their success stories with the world. Laura, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Mark. Now, I am regretting that I didn't record our pre-interview call, which all my guests have to go through, <laughs> because it was unbelievable and... I didn't record it, so did it even happen? I don't know, but I'm so thankful you're here because many people have been saying, Mark, when are you going to write another book about productivity? Now, I've never written a book on productivity yet, but then I met you, and I'm like, wow, so my whole world has changed. So tell us a little bit about what ghostwriting is and what you do. So basically, the role of a ghostwriter is to help their client externalize their story. And what that means is to take it out of that person's head and get it on the page in a way that is very painless and very easy. So ghostwriter's role is basically to get inside their client's head, learn everything about their experience and, and their expertise and their insight, and then go away and turn all of that material into a written book. So I do that through interviews. We have a lot of conversations, go very in-depth about everything that you've experienced and who you are. And then I record those conversations and go away and work from those transcripts to turn all of that material into a story that readers are really going to want to engage with. I think the first time I have ever heard of a ghostwriter is with Gary Vaynerchuk. He was sharing on one of the social media feeds how he would have these long conversations with this writer and then he or she, I don't know if it was a man or woman, would go back and do what you just said. Now, my question for you is, how do you know if you're getting the voice of the author? Obviously, I have my own voice. Gary's got his own voice. How does a ghostwriter make sure that when they're taking the interviews and the transcripts, how are they making sure that the voice in the book and the actual transcript is actually the voice of the person? This is such an important component of doing good work in this field and there's there's two parts to it so one there's the technical aspect and that's a three-part process which is their voice their cadence and their tone uh, sorry their vocabulary cadence and tone vocabulary is the type of words they use you know do they speak in a very academic way is it very casual you know do they curse a lot do they keep it very clean you know what's their kind of their style of what are their word choices like then there's cadence which is their speed and kind of the rhythm that they speak with so that's are they very staccato very fast very punchy or are they very sort of lilting and flowy and you know it's much more relaxed and then you get to tone which is basically is it very highbrow is it very kind of um, authoritative or is it very you know buddy buddy and so that you're sort of looking all the time for which of those components um, are present. But then there's also the other side of it, which is just that relational aspect. And something that I focus on a lot with clients is building really great rapport. I want to have really good trust and really good relationship with each client because the conversations are just going to flow much more easily if we're getting along. And I want the client to feel really comfortable, really trust me so that they're not filtering themselves. You know, it's really important that they feel able to be completely honest and transparent and, you know, say the things that maybe are not, you know, you know, maybe new for people to hear. And so I think that's a really important component of getting the voice right as well. And the reason voice is so important is that at least for the people I work with, they already have a really established brand. You know, they their clients 
and their audiences know them a particular way. And so it would be very jarring for them to have a different experience. If someone were to read your book, for example, Mark, and it was very different in tone or, or kind of vocabulary to what they're used to getting from you, that would be very jarring and it would really defeat the purpose of having a book in the first place. And so it is really important that the reader gets a really consistent and really engaging experience. When you were saying that, I was thinking about uh, how I have every episode of the podcast transcribed and then my wife goes through and she, you know, cause sometimes the AI doesn't get it right. And she goes, do you want it to say gonna or going to? I'm like, I don't know. I say gonna all the time, but going to is more proper. And she goes again, what do you want? And that's something what you're talking about, right? Exactly. Exactly. And I don't think it always has to be perfectly grammatically correct. You know, I think that language is really dynamic and it changes a lot. And so to force yourself to write in a very particular way to make sure it's absolutely perfect according to the rule books is not really true to life. And I think, you know, reading is much more interesting when the pe- the person who's writing is allowing that kind of organic, creative way of communicating to come through. How many projects do you work on at a time? Because I can imagine the more you work on, you can maybe the voice and your work will bleed over. So do you limit how many clients you'll actually work with at one point? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I only take on a handful of projects every year because they're big projects. uh, But certainly this aspect is really important as well. What I never want to have happen is to have overlap in the interview process. So it's fine if I'm interviewing one client and editing another or drafting one client and kind of publishing another, you know, you can have overlap in the different stages of the project, but you never, for me at least, I never want to have overlap in that interview process or in the drafting process, because that's where you're really immersed in the voice, really immersed in that particular story. And it tends to break my brain a little bit if I try to do more than one at a time. Now let's talk about cost. Because a lot of people, including your, yours truly, I will go, oh my gosh, that's a lot of money. It's not like a hundred bucks, but you have to factor in, I self-published two of my books and it took so much time because I didn't know how to format. I, goodness gracious. Why do I know what a gutter is? I, I remember when I tried <laughs> to upload a book to Amazon, create space and says your gutter's not big enough. I'm like, what? And so when you're looking at the cost, which is several thousand dollars, you got to factor in, you don't have to write the book. You don't have to format the book. It's being done for you and your time is worth something. So what are, I don't want you to give us your prices unless you want to, but what are we looking at as someone's listening to our conversation today? And they're like, yeah, you know, I have a book in me, but I don't want to do all that stuff. What are we looking at uh, ballpark? So as with anything, there's a range here. Ghostwriting is a really immersive type of project and it does take time. So uh, for most people, if you're working with a reasonably junior writer, somebody who's fairly new to this, then you could probably expect something in the ballpark of $10,000. If you're working with someone who, you know, published a whole bunch of really famous people's books, you know, maybe Gary Vaynerchuk or, or you know, if they're working with Beyonce or, you know, so, someone really famous, then probably at that end of the scale, it's more like 100,000. So I'm I'm pretty squarely in the middle there, but it's, it's definitely contingent on the type of experience that the writer has, as well as how big a scope the project is going to be. So for me, I, I sort of charge probably towards the higher end of what most people 
in my position in charging, but that's because I have a whole background in publishing, traditional publishing. And so I really know what works in the market. And so I do a lot of marketing advisory with clients, help them with their publicity. Um, I also do a lot of the you know, we go from sort of ideation, just getting clear on what the book is all the way through to published. And so it's not just the writing. It's also, as you say, the editing, the formatting, the publication process, helping them launch. You know, there's a whole lot of other stuff that goes into it beyond just putting the words on the page. And so for most people, that value significantly outweighs the actual cost. You got Facebook? Well, I am on Facebook. I have a Facebook page and I have a Facebook group, both under the name of Mr. Productivity. So if you are into Facebook, if you love Facebook, go look me up on Facebook. Just look for Mr. Productivity. I didn't know you were a mind reader because I was going to ask you, what does your services entail? So for example, let's say someday I want to have my book published and I want to use user service. You can actually do the interviews with me and then do the entire process. And then you send me the chapters and I approve it, make corrections. So I basically don't have to really do much. You do most of the working, right? Exactly right. So I need you for the interviews, obviously. And then I will come back to you once I've got a completed draft and say, please have a read of this. Let me know if there's anything that you want to change, if anything needs to be added to or corrected. Uh, Usually, you know, that's not It shouldn't be a complicated process uh, if I've done my job correctly and we've had those open conversations that that I mentioned earlier. Um, And then at that point, you know, I would hand it off to one of my team members and they will get it formatted and ready to publish. And then, you know, on that day, we sort of get you on the phone and and we upload it together so that, you know, anything that we need your input on is, is there. But it really, it minimizes your time in chair significantly. Now. If the number, let's just take the average number, say $55,000, okay? If the listener's going, holy crap, that's a lot of money. Well, here's what I want you to do. I want you to figure out how much would you charge yourself on a regular, like whatever you do for a living? How much would you charge yourself? And then I want you to extrapolate that out and say, okay, how quickly could you come up with that kind of money? And if you're writing a book instead of, I don't know, getting business, (laughs) what's that worth to you? Because what Laura just said, is you do the interviews and they, she does most of the work, her and her team do most of the work. And then with the end, they go, here's the book, which you obviously already approved. It's not like she just writes it, whatever she wants to write. She actually goes back and forth, right? So you actually send this, like a, you go chapter by chapter and say, okay, what do you think of this? And it goes back and forth. How does that, how often do you send the, the uh, copy back to the, uh, the, the author? So usually what I'll do is send them a Google Doc with the complete draft in it. So all the chapters, everything is in there. And then I'll just have them leave comments on anything that they want to change. Then we'll have a call and we'll just talk through them just to make sure that I completely understand what they want. And that, so it's a very real time process. You know, they can read it on their own time, just, you know, not in a rush, not with me kind of looking over their shoulder, just waiting. Um, you know, they, they need to have some peace and quiet to do that. Um, but yeah, once they've d- gone through that process, it's very quick to, usually we only have to do one or two rounds of this. Um, oh, wow. so it's, it's usually pretty dialed in. Um, and to your point earlier about, you know, not doing business or not getting business because you're otherwise occupied. There are so many things that most business owners are much better suited to. It's not to say that they don't have great stories. Most of them do. And they're really valuable stories that other people really do need. But 
you know, writing is a skill like any other, and it just doesn't make sense necessarily for them to spend that much time focusing on something that's not their key skill set. You know, it's not going to bring immediate revenue into the business. But on that note, it's also really important that you do have something that you're going to sell on the back of the book. If you're an entrepreneur and you're writing about your business, certainly you want to make sure that there's a high ticket item somewhere in your back end that is going to kind of pay off all of this work. So rarely will people make that investment back from actual book sales. What they will make the money back on and much more is when they have a high ticket item that readers will then progress towards buying. I've also heard that a book, a well-written book is a great business card. I mean, Absolutely. you can get someone a business card to go, here's my hardcover book. That's really impressive. It is. And honestly, I mean, I, whenever I go to a conference or an event, I always take copies of my books with me because it proves the concept, you know, for me, for me particularly, it gets very meta, but it's definitely, you know, here's my book about writing books. And so if you're interested in writing a book, then, you know, here's me living out this model for you. And, you know, many times that has resulted in a new client. Um, many of those have become repeat clients. And so if you think about, you know, the amount of time and energy that you invest in creating an asset like that, it definitely pays off many times over down the line. But you do sort of have to think of it as an investment, as an asset that you cultivate and, and you know, shepherd through the world. Yeah, it is an investment. I have a transcription service I use. Yeah, I could listen to my podcast and play it, type a few words, play it, type two few words. Now, the AI doesn't get it right all the time, but it gets like 94%. So I only have to fix 6%. My time is worth paying them 100 bucks a year for access to their service. And people have to think about it when they look at 50,000 or look $100 a year, whatever the case may be. What is your time worth? Is it better you, I don't know, going live on some social media platform to talk about your business or is it transcribing your podcast? Where is your better you know, bang for the buck is? And I love the whole concept of ghostwriting. I mean, I think we talked maybe, I think our 15 minute call was like 45 minutes if I remember correctly. It was incredible because <laughs> I was like mesmerized at what it can do. Now I want to get really tactical here. Let's say someone's going, okay, Laura. I'm convinced. I know I have a book inside me. I know I'm probably better off going to hire a ghostwriter. How do I find a ghostwriter? How do I find the right ghostwriter that's going to do justice for my work? So word of mouth is always really good for that sort of thing. I would ask around your network first to find out if anybody you know has worked with somebody that they really liked. Um, you know, there's plenty of people who are um, in Facebook groups. There's you know, I mean, there's just masses of people out there doing this. And so obviously a quick Google search will, will show up plenty of options in your area. But I think personally, I love to work on recommendation. You know, if somebody I know has had a great experience with a service provider, that's probably the person that I'm going to work with because that trust is there. The evidence of their work is there. I really want to see somebody who has a portfolio of stuff that is similar to what I want to do. I want to make sure that they are personally a good fit as well so you know this is for me this is a huge priority is making sure that we get along personally because we're going to spend a lot of time talking to each other <laughs> so I want to make sure that that relationship is positive and and that we really like each other you know we, we should be friends by the end of that process and so I think that's something to really look out for 
Um, I mean, there are a lot of writers who would love to be ghostwriters and just haven't kind of made the leap from maybe blogging or, or journalism um, and who would love the opportunity. So if you happen to know a writer or you've worked with a content marketer before, then you could always go to them and say, hey, I'm thinking of doing this thing. Would you be interested in giving this a shot? And so, you know, maybe there's a little bit of give and take there, especially if you are both kind of feeling your way through the process. But, you know, there are masses of ghostwriters out there. A quick Google check in with your network. Yeah. You'll find somebody good. So first step is call Gary Vaynerchuk and ask him. <laughs> I don't think you take my call though. So do most ghostwriters give a free initial call to make sure there is a relationship or they click? Uh, yeah. I, I mean, I do that. I, I have a free discovery call just to make sure that one, the project is something that I feel good about working on, you know, some topics I don't want to touch. Um, you know, there are other sort of flags, I suppose, that I'm looking out for, you know, does the person show up for the call on time? Do they, you know, are they coming in, you know, really flustered and stressed out or are they like relaxed and ready? Um, you know, there's, there's a few things that I'm kind of looking for to make sure that that process is going to go smoothly. Most people do offer a discovery call, you know, to, to varying degrees of depth, but, you know, other people do charge for those calls. And I also understand why that is, but that tends to happen when you're extremely busy and you're sort of at that quite high end and, and you really don't have the capacity for somebody to not show up for a call. I get it. You want productivity tips, but your email inbox is, well, out of control. When you follow Mr. Productivity on Telegram Messenger, you'll receive daily bite-sized productivity tips delivered to your phone or desktop for free. Let me help you become more productive step-by-step, day-by-day. Follow Mr. Productivity on Telegram today. I applaud you for having not touched topics because there are topics I will not have on this show. And I applaud you for saying, hey, there's this topics I'm not going to write on because I think that goes toward your integrity, your authority. Uh, any other words you want to use to describe that? Because if you are known, oh, she will write on anything. Well, then you can write on really bad things. I mean, let's say some nefarious person wants you to write a book on how to kill people. Mm. I mean, you yeah, could say, Hey, it's a million dollar retainer, but then it would really affect your brand. So I applaud you for having those no touch topics. Now, another question I want to ask you is about the name on the book. I've talked to a couple other ghostwriters, none who have a cool accent like you do, <laughs> who have said some ghostwriters want their name on the book. Some don't care. They said, I'm getting paid. I really don't care. What are your thoughts personally as Laura Gale? What do you, what do you, do you require your customers to put their, your name in the book or not? I don't. It's nice if they want to. And, you know, some clients have said, no, I want your name to be on it. You know, I couldn't have done this without you. Other people are very happy just to pop me in the acknowledgements and say, you know, my, my role is kind of blurred out a little bit, but my name's in there. Um, and that's fine. You know, that's kind of the point of, of having a ghostwriter is that that person is anonymous. They're kind of just in, in the background and you're, you're the one, you know, it is all of your information. It is your story. And so you do deserve to have your name on the front of your book. And so I, I'm not worried if my name is not on, on the cover of the book, but if they want to do it, then great. You know, it's all credibility. The, the one thing that I do ask from clients is that I can, um, to varying extents, use their book to promote my own services. So, you know, I'm not running ads saying, you know, I, I wrote this book. 
but I will say in conversations in, in discovery calls, if people ask for samples or, you know, examples of similar projects, then I will say, okay, I did this book, I did that book so that they can get a sense that actually I have the experience that they're looking for. What are some mistakes people make when they invest in a ghostwriter such as yourself? I think the biggest issue is when they don't want to go to a particular conversation where there are areas where they're really blocked off and really don't want to have me kind of poking around. And and I understand that there are some things that are not going to be relevant and that some things are painful. I think though, it's really important to establish that trust with each other. And that's a two way street. So I think where you're being a bit cagey because, oh, well, that's kind of a trade secret or that's kind of a, you know, I'd rather people didn't know that I made that mistake or whatever. Those kinds of things irk me because that's where the really interesting stories are. You know, when you have anyone who has been in business for a while learns to kind of give the elevator pitch about who they are and what their business is. We've all done that thousands of times. So it's really polished and really easy and you don't really think about it. But the stuff that you don't talk about is really usually where the interest is and where the really engaging stuff is that's going to make readers really grip on that book and not put it down. And so the biggest mistake I think is trying to act like you've not made any mistakes or like you've got it all figured out or like your way is the only way, you know, having a little bit of willingness to kind of be a bit vulnerable, I think is really important. See, I thought you're going to say an impatient author who's saying, come on, are you done with the transcript? You done? Are we done? It's done. <laughs> but you said something totally different. Now, do you also, is a mistake also people don't understand the process or is it because when you do that initial call, you set the expectations so they know it's not going to be done in the week? I'm really careful to set those expectations because it is a long process. Fortunately, I've never had anybody come and say, hurry up, hurry up. You know, that has never happened. Um, but I think it is because I'm very clear from the beginning, you know, interviews take 10 weeks. Editing, you know, drafting takes 10 weeks. Editing takes a month. We're going to have these really clear milestones all the way through so that they have just a sense that I know what I'm doing, partly, but also so they know, okay, I don't need to check in with her right now. We're only four weeks into a 10 week process. You know, we're talking all the time. I want them to be very comfortable with where we're at. So I do make sure that they're getting regular updates about where I'm at in the process. I never want a client to feel like, oh, I haven't heard from her in a few weeks. Is she just, ghosted me. Um, but it's, you know, you, you do really want to be clear about that process. And obviously the more experience your ghostwriter has, the clearer they're going to be about what that process will look like. But even a reasonably junior writer should be able to give you some estimates about how long something is going to take. Um, sometimes your estimates will, will be wrong. Even now, I think most projects, I would say there's a one to two week variance usually in, usually in the drafting. Um, but you know, as long as you're communicating with the client, it's usually fine unless they're on a super, super strict deadline. And in that case, you need to make sure that you're really on top of it. But I think as long as they understand where you're at, it's usually fine. So when a client signs on with you is the first question we ask him is when do you want this project done? Yes. <laughs> because it's really, you know, you really need a deadline to work backwards from. And if they say, well, I was hoping to put it out in two months, I will say, sorry. <laughs> I can't help you. Good luck. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I know plenty of other people who are willing to, to pull 14 hour days to get it done, but it's, that's not going to be me. 
So if someone wanted to invest in you today after listening to this episode, what is the the minimum lead time you would tell them right off the bat? So right now I'm not taking, well, I'm booked until summer 2022. Wow. So, um, as soon as you can, basically. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> That's amazing. Good for you. Thank so. You. So where can we go to find out more? I mean, we can't hire you right now, but where can we go to find out more about you and what you're doing in the world? So my website is lauraiswriting.com. And on that website, you can sign up. I have a daily essay that I publish about the writing life and sort of how writing can help you be a better person, basically, and how it can keep you motivated and moving. And uh, that's probably the best place to, to be in touch with me. Well, I ha am an aspiring writer, so I am going to sign up for your email newsletter. And I'll tell you why that's so important. I guard my email inbox very militantly. And so for me to tell you on my podcast, I'm going to sign up for your email <laughs> newsletter. It's huge. It's huge. Thank you very much. Because <laughs> I want to become a writer. And I, I tried to do this thing with Medium. And I did like every day for like seven days. And I just... I don't know. It's easier for me to go live or on a podcast than to write, but I know writing is so powerful because it's becoming a lost art. Everyone is doing the the really quick Facebook posts and stuff. And I want to be a writer. And when I read a really good book, it's like you can't put it down or stop listening to it. And so I'm going to sign up for your email list. Uh, Laura, thank you so much for being on the show today. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me, Mark. It's been great. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Mark Stucheski Podcast. I really hope it served you well today. Now head on over to my website, mrproductivity.com. Sign up to be a free Mark Stucheski Insider. Get my top five productivity tips for entrepreneurs. Absolutely free. It's my gift to you. And until tomorrow, my friend, go be productive.